0: Welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn, speaking to you from the Lancet's New York office. Simon Walsh is a consultant radiologist at King's College Hospital Foundation Trust and honorary consultant radiologist at the Royal Brompton and Harefield Foundation Trust. I spoke with him about the potential for machine learning to be brought to bear as a tool to assist clinicians in the diagnosis of fibrotic lung disease. Dr. Walsh, can you give us a little background to what machine and deep learning is and its applications in medical imaging?
1: So deep learning is a subfield of machine learning concerned with computer algorithms which are loosely inspired by the structure and function of the brain called artificial neural networks. And I say loosely because some experts question whether they are actually good models of brain function. Deep learning is particularly good at discovering intricate structures in high-dimensional data and mapping these structures to simple classifications. For example, determining benign or malignant disease based on images of lung nodules. Computational Imaging Analysis and Medical Imaging until recently has focused on methods which involve some form of feature engineering. What this means is, is that humans' experts train a computer to extract and classify features or patterns that they think are clinically important for medical images. Specifically in the case of HRCT images, a criticism of this approach is that HRCT interpretation by expert radiologists is highly subjective, raising concerns about the reliability of the training process. Also, an important feature engineering requires that the important features on the images are already known. It doesn't allow for identification of patterns within the pixel data, which may be clinically important but not detectable by the human eye. These difficulties can be avoided if the computer can somehow learn the most important features in the images automatically, which is the principal advantage of deep learning. During the deep learning process, the algorithm begins to recognize the most discriminatory features within the images, and these computer-discovered features become amplified through the training process while irrelevant variations in the data are suppressed. This approach therefore bypasses the need for labeling features by human engineers. And because no a priori assumptions need to be made about what features are important, it allows for the possibility that new clinically important features, in this case, imaging biomarkers, might be discovered. This process has been used in a variety of medical imaging classification tasks recently published where Deep learning performance has been compared to that of human experts, for example, predicting outcome based on CT appearances in patients with COPD, and several weeks ago in a breakthrough paper from a collaboration between Moorfields Eye Hospital in London and DeepMind, diagnosing a variety of retinal diseases based on optical coherence tomography images.
0: High-resolution CT plays a central role in the diagnosis of fibrotic lung disease, and high-resolution CT results at presentation have a substantial effect on subsequent management decisions. However, radiological evaluation of fibrotic lung disease remains challenging and is subject to substantial inter-observer variability. How can deep learning help in the diagnosis of fibrotic lung disease?
1: So this is a key question, and to answer it, we need to understand the problems associated with HRCT interpretation to begin with. So first, as you've indicated, HRCT interpretation is subjective, and several studies, including some of our own work, has shown that experts often disagree on HRCT diagnosis. In the specific case of IPF, this is really important because HRCT acts almost like a gatekeeper in the patient diagnostic pathway and it significantly influences decisions on whether to perform surgical lung biopsy. And that's not a trivial decision because this invasive procedure is associated with significant mortality. If the radiologist gets this initial HRCT interpretation wrong, subsequent decisions may be negatively impacted with consequences then for the patient. So the other issue is that not all IPF patients live near expert referral centers. They may live in community or rural settings where the appropriate imaging expertise may not be available to evaluate their HRCT scan. This may increase the possibility of misdiagnosis, which in turn could expose the patient to unnecessary, possibly invasive investigations and delay appropriate treatment. So high performing deep learning algorithms, like the one that we studied, have the potential to address both of these issues by essentially democratizing expert level HRCT diagnosis. In principle, And obviously, regulatory approvals have to be obtained. This technology could be deployed anywhere in the world on a relatively standard set of computer equipment and provide consistent and reproducible decision support for radiologists at centers where the expertise that you would want isn't available. So, I mean, in principle, anything that improves diagnostic accuracy in patients with suspected IPF using non-invasive tests ultimately means less invasive tests, and that means hopefully less surgical lung biopsies.
0: In your trial, you used deep learning to train an algorithm to classify HRCT images from patients with fibrotic lung disease according to current guidelines and compared the diagnostic performance to the algorithm to that of 91 specialized thoracic radiologists. Can you summarize the findings of this trial and how this adds to previous research?
1: So, we modified an open source deep learning algorithm called the Inception ResNet version 2 and trained it to categorize HRCT images according to the 2011 ATS, ERS, ALAT, JRS, HRCT criteria for a UIP pattern. The first point to make about this though is that there's no diagnostic reference standard for this categorization of fibrotic lung disease on HRCT. However, since a pattern of usual interstitial pneumonia, or UIP, is generally associated with poor outcome, we used outcome distinctions between UIP and non-UIP cases to test the algorithm's diagnostic accuracy. In principle, a more accurate diagnosis of UIP should result in a sharper prognostic separation between UIP and non-UIP cases, and using this method, The prognostic discrimination provided by the algorithm's diagnosis of UIP versus not UIP cases was equivalent to that of the majority opinion of a group of 91 selected expert thoracic radiologists from around the world on a test cohort of 150 cases of fibrotic lung disease. In other words, the algorithm's performance categorizing the HRCTs as showing UIP or not UIP-matched mean expert thoracic radiology performance. We also used the softer diagnostic reference standard. That is the majority of expert opinion of these radiologists on each of the 150 cases, again using the 2011 IPF guideline criteria. This allowed us to test the algorithm accuracy in terms of the number of correctly classified cases and diagnostic agreement with this reference standard in terms of the Kappa coefficient. And we showed that the algorithm performance was higher on both of these metrics than most of the expert thoracic radiologists. Finally, during the development of this algorithm, the Fleischner Society proposed a set of HRC diagnostic. Criteria for UIP, which introduced a fourth HRCT category called probable UIP. So, we trained the algorithm using these criteria and demonstrated similar agreement between the algorithm and each of four expert thoracic radiologists to the agreement between the experts themselves. And this is relevant because the 2018 ATS, ERS, ALAT, JRS diagnostic guidelines for IPF have just been published this month, and these guidelines also include this new probable UIP category. It's therefore likely that our algorithm could be trained to categorize cases of fibrotic lung disease on HRCT using these new guideline criteria. This, as far as I know, is the first study in which deep learning has been used to specifically develop an algorithm for classifying HRCT scans of fibrotic lung disease based on diagnostic guideline criteria for IPF.
0: What further research is needed before machine learning can be incorporated into clinical practice for fibrotic lung disease, and what barriers are there to implementation?
1: So going forward, what really is needed is prospective clinical utility studies which demonstrate that these algorithms improve patient care over existing best practice. So for example, in the case of our algorithm, it would be useful to design such a study so that it captures the algorithm's impact on multidisciplinary practice diagnosing fibrotic lung disease at centers that lack imaging expertise and then compare this to expert centers. In other words, its role as a decision support tool. So in the words of CHESS Grandmaster Gary Kasparov, this is human plus machine performance. And that's an important point. We're not trying to replace radiologists. These are decision support tools. The key metric that I'd like to see for patients is a reduction in the number of lung biopsies performed following the integration of this technology. Another important issue is the so-called black box phenomenon regarding artificial intelligence algorithms, which is essentially referring to the problem that algorithm complexity can make their reasoning obscure. This might be a problem in medicine because obviously clinicians using the tools will want to understand how a machine has reached its conclusions, particularly in those situations where there's disagreement between the machine and the human. This problem also potentially raises some ethical issues that may need to be resolved before we implement machine learning algorithms in healthcare. So, for example, you might ask, is it ethical to withhold a machine learning-based tool even if it is known to improve human-based care solely because it's not easily explained? making deep learning more transparent is a big focus of research within the artificial intelligence community at the moment. And I think we're gonna see more on this pretty soon. I think it's also critical in the context of healthcare, if we're to get trust, and therefore buy-in from healthcare professionals and patients and the public. We're going to need to increase the transparency of these tools. Just one final point to make is that we're also going to need to implement data quality control standards to minimize biases that potentially occur within algorithm development and to ensure, importantly, that optimization of patient care and patient outcomes is always front and center of the development process.
0: Dr. Walsh, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Great.